Hello, and welcome to this Coupa HR podcast. This year is Coupa HR's 75th anniversary. HR and higher education has come a long way over the past 75 years. For this series, emerging Coupa HR leaders set out to discover lessons from the past, present, and future of higher ed HR by talking with several outstanding leaders in our profession. Each of our guests has received Coupa HR's highest honor, the Donald E. Dickinson Award which was named for the association's founder and first president and recognizes outstanding contributions to Coupa HR in the profession. Join us as we pick their brains and solicit their advice about higher ed, HR, and Coupa HR. Hi, my name is Aaron Copley-Spivey. I'm the Director of Human Resources and Title IX Coordinator for the Lutheran School of Theology at Chicago. And happy to be here interviewing uh, some of our past award recipients for the Donald E. Dickinson Award. And I'm Deborah Shivers. I am with the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. I am the Senior Assistant Director of Shared HR and Administrative Services. And I'm happy to be here as well interviewing our um, past recipients. We're joined today by some of those recipients who have offered to share some of their Coupa HR stories and professional insights as we celebrate 75 years of this association for higher ed HR professionals. I'll invite Allison to in introduce herself. Thanks, I'm Allison Valancourt. I'm with Siegel, which is a consult HR consulting firm, where I serve as vice president in the organizational effectiveness practice and a senior consultant. Excellent. We're also joined by Kirk Beyer. Hi, I'm Kirk Beyer, and I'm a retired HR director from Gustavus Adolphus College in Minnesota. Excellent. We're, thank you again for taking time to be with us today and to explore some of our, our questions uh, regarding your careers and how Coupa HR has impacted you. So we have a few key questions today we would like to ask you. Although others may arise throughout the course of our conversation, and that's okay if we kind of get off course here, um, it'll just be part of our conversation. So we'll start off with you, um, Allison. If you could tell us about a favorite Coupa HR memory you have, maybe a moment that made you feel especially connected to your Coupa HR colleagues, or a contribution that you were particularly proud of. Uh, so one one um, episode that comes to mind was the whole process we used to find MD Brantley to be the CEO of Group HR. Um, it was a very long and torturous process. We talked to many people and we thought we had our person and we turned out we did not have our person. And it was a rainy day in Knoxville. We were all completely despondent because we were tapped out of the process and we had no viable candidates. And we just thought, what are we going to do now? And then someone said, you know, what we really need is someone like Andy Brantley. And then he was like, we should call him. I'm like, he'll never say yes, but he did. Um, and it was the most transformational part of Coop HR's history, I think, was to find a leader like Andy who um, had such, still, still has, had such vision and really reimagined what the association could be. And um, it's certainly a point of pride that I got to be part of that conversation and to help bring Andy into the Coop HR fold in a, in a new leadership role. Mm -hmm. Is fantastic. <laughs> How about you, Kurt? Well, I'm going to tell you about one of the most memorable times that I had, and it was when I first joined Coupa back in around 1985. Uh, the office at that point was located in Washington, D.C., and one of the things that they 
had as a learning opportunity was a White House briefing uh, mm -hmm. every year. And so I went to the one in 1986 and part of that briefing, we actually had a, a meeting in the West Wing of the White House uh, and a briefing there. And the person that briefed us was Clarence Thomas, who at that time was in charge of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission uh, before his time as a, a justice of the Supreme Court. And so that was a particularly memorable time uh, spending uh, the time with my colleagues in the West Wing and uh, you know, having the opportunity to talk one-on-one -on -one with Clarence Thomas. It was really a, a good uh, experience. Great, wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> what an unexpected experience. And I, I love, you know, kind of the, the scope of the answers there, you know, being, uh, you know, internal and external and, and what those opportunities really range. That's, uh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so Kirk, we'll, we'll bounce right back to you for our, our next question. What skills uh, would you say you've learned or cultivated that have been most important uh, to your success as a leader? Um, probably the, the biggest skill has been what I would call influential listening. And um, that, that term was actually coined, as far as I know, by Adam Grant, who has uh, written recently the book, Think Again. Mm -hmm. And I've been really inspired by that. But with influential listening, it's not just hearing what people say, and it's not just listening to what they have to say, but in a way, uh, being able to uh, persuade them uh, to maybe rethink uh, the way that they're approaching uh, an issue. And so uh, I think that has been something that has been uh, particularly helpful. Uh, I think back at one time when I was serving on the board uh, in Washington, DC, and we were at a point where we needed to uh, really look at our finances because it almost looked like uh, the association wasn't going to be able to move forward anymore and, and go out of existence. So one of the decisions we made at that point was to move from Washington, D.C., because uh, it was too expensive for us to maintain um, our location there. And so in, in talking with that, I think uh, through influential listening, not, not me uh, singly, but as a group, we were able to make the decision that uh, it would be most beneficial for the association to move. And so I think that's one of the, the, the things that I have been uh, most appreciative of and tried to develop is influential listening. That's great. So I, um, I will tell you a story. And my story is that um, I was going to a regional conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma and Pat Day, who was at Johns Hopkins at the time, um, contacted me in advance and asked if um, I would like some professional advice. And I thought, well, that's a very odd kind of <laughs> thing to be asking. And I said, well, mm -hmm. yes, can you tell me now? And she said, no, not now, when we get to Tulsa. So I said, okay, so we get to Tulsa and I find Pat and I say, I'm ready. And she said, not now, later in the conference. And I'm thinking, well, what is, what is she gonna say to me? What is happening here? So we finally, she makes me wait a couple of days. We go to um, the bar in the hotel and I said, well, what is it that you want to tell me? And she said, are you sure you want to hear it? And I said, well, 
I, I think so. What, what is it you have to say? And she said, you know, I know you have um, bigger leadership aspirations at Coop HR, but I don't think you're going to get there given the way you've been behaving the last few years. And, and I just, I was done, right? And I just said, well, what, 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 what did I do? And she said, you know, you're really smart. And I said, well, thank you. And she's like, and it's annoying. Um, and you, <laughs> you uh, make sure everybody thinks you're smart. You um, ask questions that put people off. You're argumentative. Um, I know you have good ideas, but your approach is not working for you. And that was a pretty um, shocking kind of conversation uh, to have. And what was interesting about me, as I reflected later, I thought, oh my God, that's it. Like, but nobody in my entire career had the courage to tell me that. I thought I was just getting the job done, right? Like making my point and trying to get things moving along and it wasn't working. And so I really took it to heart and I worked on changing my approach. And I have to say it was the best professional advice I have ever been given in my entire career. Um, and I owe, I owe that all to Coop HR. It's amazing. Feedback is a gift, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think we all forget that sometimes. <laughs> so what is one characteristic you think all HR practitioners should possess? And Kirk or Allison, either one of you can take that. Well, I, I think one of the things that's most important is as an HR practitioner, you have to have empathy because without empathy, you are not going to be able to understand where other people are coming from. And I think that's particularly important uh, in the HR field. I think empathy is really important too. I, another characteristic I would say is um, curiosity about the future and being an environmental scanner and not just being the HR person, but being the person who is reading People Magazine so you know what the latest trends are and paying attention to what the Wall Street Journal is saying and um, you know new technologies and being sort of a person um, you know engaged in the world so that you're not surprised by what happens but you're able to you can't predict it but plan for it plan mm -hmm. for it um, and how it will affect your employees how it'll affect your organization yeah yeah that that people focus in that and that environment focus right there's you can't can't do this job well without without having you know having hands in both or at least eyes on both um, both what your people are feeling and and what they what's happening around us. Yeah, and I, I think to, to your point, Aaron, I also think just a very deep understanding of any of the business that you're in. So for mm -hmm. you know for us, it would be higher education. Understanding you know what's happening with enrollment, what's happening with learning, right? What's happening with philanthropy? Uh, that all informs what our future looks like, what our workforce is going to look like, what our employees are going to need. All those things. What uh, area or focus within the profession do you see as being the most influential and or poised for growth in the next 10 years? Uh, it seems interesting to ask this question on the back or as we're on the back of a global pandemic and it seems that things are changing daily. Um, but as we think about in the next 10 years, what, what focus do you really see as being most influential? And Allison, we'll start with you this time. Oh, okay. Um, so I do think that 
uh, I thank you for raising that we're having this conversation um, a year into the pandemic, because I think it has really called everybody to think deeply about what matters to them. And I used to joke before that when we'd have exit surveys and people would say that, that why did you leave? And they'd say for pay. And then so the managers always say, well, it's not me. It's just our salaries aren't high enough. And I, I would say to them, no, I think what they're really saying is not I'm not getting paid enough. I'm not getting paid enough for this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that, you know, during this last year, we've all said, I don't want to do this anymore because it's not working for me. And so we're getting really clear about what our values are and what matters to us and how we want to be treated. And so I think that um, a huge focus on organizational culture uh, is the place we need to be investing our time and thinking about the employee experience because the very best people can go anywhere they like. And uh, if we're not treating them well and creating um, like, more, not warm, but places where they belong and they can thrive, why would they spend time with us? They've got other options. Well said, Kirk. Well, I think one of the most important things and, and since you're uh, basing this on, on 10 years out, it's definitely transformational rather than tactical. And mm -hmm. I think as far as transformation goes, the one of the important things is data analysis. And I think there is so much data out there. And as we're learning with the pandemic, we're learning through research more and more about the pandemic and the vaccines on a daily basis. And I think it's a good example of how research is important even in the HR field. And uh, I was trained to be a researcher. Uh, and so data is very important to me. And one of the things that I learned is there is so much data uh, that we can get from a survey that goes beyond descriptive data. And uh, the way that I've seen the analysis of surveys is it, it rarely gets beyond the descriptive data. And I think we need to find ways to tap into that data. I'll give you an example. When I first came to Gustavus, uh, we did a survey. And one of the things that we asked was uh, people's opinion of the HR department. You know, we stated it in a way that the HR department is doing a good job. And then we had a, a lot of other variables. Well, one of the things that jumped out through a Pearson product moment correlation was that the thing that people were most upset about was the dental plan. And that was just, uh, just looking at the descriptive data, you would not get that information. But when you made the uh, correlation between uh, what people thought of the HR department and the different benefits that we were offering, that's what jumped out. And so it gave us the opportunity to go ahead and redesign the dental plan into something that was uh, more acceptable to employees. And the next time that we did the survey, that was no longer an issue. So I think it's really important to be able to find ways to uh, tap into that data that's out there in a, in a way that's gonna be more meaningful. Great, thanks. What has been your most enriching professional development experience, Kurt? Um, the most enriching professional experience that I've had is um, serving on the different boards with Coupa because uh, each time I serve on a different board, whether it be at the state or the regional or the national board level, uh, just making connections with people and the networking um, and understanding what the issues are at the different levels has been just tremendous, uh, tremendously educational for me and extremely helpful. Uh, and 
I really have appreciated the association leadership program uh, because I think that's been a, a good way to get introductions to um, other leaders throughout Coupa that you might not meet at the board level, uh, but you can also learn about them and you can also network with them. So it's extremely helpful in that regard. So those, those are the things that I think have been most helpful. And as I, I think about it, I'm struggling to come up with one because two just jumped. I'm going to break <laughs> the rules and give you two. Um, one is, I think, related to my earlier comments about how I engage with people. And so I think the, the practice of being involved with different boards and different committees really um, helped me learn how to wrestle with disparate perspectives um, and to bring people to a common place in a, in a way that's not um, painful. Um, and makes people feel, feel honored. And so I would say my meeting facilitation and my results orientation got better because of my experience for sure. And the other is just the opportunity to do public speaking. Um, I do public speaking all the time. I still get nervous every time I do public speaking, um, <laughs> but I got a lot of practice through my Cooper HR work, um, speaking at different conferences, um, you know, being MCs for different programs. And that was a really wonderful learning experience for me and something that, um, as people are thinking about, do I want to be a Coupa HR leader? That would be something that your skills will really get much, much better um, through the public speaking opportunities that the association provides. Thank you. Oh, that's great. Uh, appreciate all the, the answers to, to our small list of questions, but I think you know the value that you brought with the insights, uh, that's immeasurable. Any any parting remarks or any wisdom that, that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about that you would want to share uh, before we close our time together today? I will just share that my last sort of official duty uh, with HR was at an association leadership program in Tempe and I was past president. And so that, that was done. Like that was my last night as past president. And I was talking to Jack Giarusso who was uh, on the board then. And I just started to cry. And he's like, why are you crying? And I said, what will I do now? Because I had been so involved for a decade and it was a lot of my life and my dear, dear friends. And I was just so distraught that it was coming to a close and I just could not contain my emotion. And I just remember him trying to comfort me and I just, I could not be consoled. Um, now the good news is I have found life after Coop HR. So all good there, there is life afterwards, uh, but I will never forget what a remarkable experience that it was. And I appreciate still being connected with Coop HR, even though I am retired and being able to stay abreast of what's happening in the, the field, especially in higher education. So that's, uh, very, uh, very valuable to me and I really appreciate it. Great, well, we want to thank you both for your time today, uh, the wisdom that you continue to bring to this organization and how you continue to shape, you know, even in retirement and as you know, you've moved out of um, prior roles with Coupa HR is uh, just tremendous and, and we're absolutely grateful uh, beyond words for that. But we thank you uh, both for for spending some time with us and uh, look forward to being able to share this with the rest of the association. Thank you for the opportunity, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks.